saya pribadi. Okay, hello. So let me introduce. Uh, today I there's one gentleman over there. His name is Jolly. He is the most famous man in our church, especially among the youth. He is the uh, the pastor for the youth and teenager. And we also have Magda. Thank you. Magda graduated from the Bible School in Batam 2008, and she went to Aceh. Aceh is the place where Peter don't want to go. When I was in the Bible School, I say here I'm God, here I am, but I don't want to go to Aceh. Very dangerous place, but she was there for about almost two years. And after return from Aceh, and then she went to Jakarta, and she returned back to Batam, and teaching our kindy kindergarten right now. Yeah. Okay. Let's open your Bible, John chapter four. And based on this passage about how Jesus meet the Samaritan woman, I'm going to share that title of my sermon today is The Power of Grace. John chapter 4, verse 1 to 42. So John 4, chapter 4, verse 1 told us that Jesus going home to Galilee after having been in Jerusalem for Jewish Passover. And in this passage, are we, I'm going to share three things that Jesus did in the life of the Samaritan woman. And based on this passage, I hope that I can encourage you to involve in mission. I'm not going to ask you to go to become a full-time pastor, but there are so many ways you can serve God. So based on this passage, John chapter 4, verse 1 to 42, I'm going to say three things that Jesus did in the life of the Samaritan woman. Cassie, have you find your Bible in the verses? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to come here and to share to your people, especially for the young. And they're still young. They had so much energy to serve you to involve in the mission because we believe that the future of the church is, is dependent on the youth. So God, I pray today that you will speak to the, the, all the young people today and you are going to use them to change the future of Singapore. You are going to use them to bless people in another country. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The, the first thing that Jesus did is Jesus like cross few barriers to reach out to the Samaritan. The first barrier that Jesus crossed is the geographical barrier. You know that if you see the map, actually Jesus after the Passover in Jerusalem, he must go back to Galilee. So actually there is the shortcut, because why? This is Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. So like there is a shortcut to go there, but because of the Jews and the Samar the, the hate the Samaritan so bad. So usually they, not, they, they can just go to Samaria, past Samaria and to go to Galilee. But you know what they did? Go to the east, cross the Jordan, and pass two other cities. So they go so far just to avoid to enter Samaria. Because they hate Samaria so much. Therefore, like the first thing that Jesus did to reach out the Samaritan woman is 
because there's geographical barrier. Anyone of you say that, here I am God, but I don't want to go to this country. Last time when I was in Bible school, there are some, some, uh, anybody report my salary? Oh, report, okay. Some places in Indonesia, we are so afraid to go. So sometimes I say, God, I love you. Here I am. I will serve you the rest of my life, but don't send me to this location. Don't send me to Aceh. So after the tsunami, uh, say, let's go to Aceh. I say, no, I don't want. Because I still wanted to uh, live. Because people say, go, you go Aceh, and you die. Yeah. I think when Amada was in Aceh, she saw one missionary was beaten by about 13 men. So danger place. But Jesus here like willing to cross the barrier, geographical barrier, because of just to meet this woman, Samaritan woman, and he, she is not a good woman. So the first thing, the first thing that Jesus do is like break or cross the fair barriers, and the first barrier is a geographical barrier. Any one of you have been, uh, like haven't been in Batam, haven't been to Batam? Uh, okay, are you coming on four? Okay, good. The moment you enter Batam, you will love Batam. Okay, and the second one is Jesus like actually he break the gender barrier. For the sub, for the Jewish man, they say that it is better to become a dog than a woman. So Jesus like like break the gender barrier. Because this woman that Jesus met in the well is Samaritan and Jesus is Jew. And here, if you read the first four, Jesus say, give me a drink. Jesus asked water to this woman. And like Jesus took the risk to initiate communication, conversation with this woman. For that time, I think until now, it's like not acceptable for the man to talk to the another woman in the public church, even I read that the culture, Jewish culture say that uh, when like the, the rabbi or the teacher or the, um, like the teacher of the law go to the public place, go out with the wife and the daughter, the daughter, they will not like, uh, like walk like side by side, but the wife will be behind and then the husband, they will not talk in the public place, even the husband, the wife, they will not hold your hand. Because this is like the gender barrier between them. And Jesus like go to the well and ask, give me a drink. So Jesus took the risk to initiate, to communicate with this woman. What people will think, like in the noon time, why this woman go to the well in the noon time, very hot and dusty? Because she's embarrassed to go in the morning, because the if she go to the, to the well in the morning, the another woman will talk about her. Oh, danger woman. So she must make sure that nobody at the well. So she need go to the well in the noon time. And so when Jesus there and this woman come, only two of them. Actually, Jesus must run away because this woman is dangerous. It's not good. It's not acceptable for the man and woman to be in one place, only two of them. So Jesus like breaks the gender, gender barrier just because love to this Samaritan. And the third barrier that Jesus like breaks, of course, is 
cultural barrier. You know, the Samaritan will help breed Jews to intermarry with the Assyrian people. So for the, in the point of view of Jewish people, they see the Samaritan like unclean. Okay, how many uh, culture and tribes in Singapore? I don't know how many. Yeah, but in Indonesia, um, especially this month is like the fasting month. Sometimes another religion, they will never take hand with you because they think that you are unclean. You are unclean. Or you offer them food, they will never eat the food because they think that you are unclean. For the, the Jews, they see the Samaritan like you are half-breed because the law, like, don't allow them to marry with another people from another country. The, the law, Moses' law don't allow them to marry pagan people. They must marry among themselves. And these Samaria, Samaria, Samaritan people marry with the Assyrian during the exile. So therefore, the, the Jews like really look down to the Samaritan. So it's like cultural barrier here. And that's very, if like the Samaritan touch any container or any uh, cup, the cup becomes unclean. So anyone touch this cup it will be contaminated con contaminate with that, like something like that. So this is like the cultural barrier. Maybe you don't find it in Singapore. Find you can see we, wherever you go in Singapore, you can see um, different color. You can sit together, sit down together, like Indian and Chinese and Malay. But some country, there is a, they cannot just sit together. You are from another country or you are speak another language. And in this, like, in this case, we see that Jesus like crossed the cultural barrier. The, why does the Jews, when they go to Galilee, they are much go to the east, cross the Jordan, and pass another two cities to enter Galilee. Actually, they can go the shortcut. Just enter Samaria, just pass Samaria. But because they hate the Samaritans so much, they avoid to enter Samaria. So Jesus like break the cultural barrier. Because why? Jesus just wanted to go and leave out this Samaritan woman. The fourth thing that Jesus like break is like theological and religion barrier. You know, the Samaria, Samaritan people, they only accept Pentateuch. What is Pentateuch? Genesis until you know, five, five, uh, five books in the Bible that are written by Moses. They only accept Pentateuch and they reject some, the prophets and other books of the Old Testament. So they are different. And they also like uh, for the Samaritan, they say the center of worship is in Mount Gerizim. And for the Jewish, the center of worship is in Jerusalem. And the way of Samaritan worship, you know, the way they worship, like, like maybe for today's context, it's just like Pentecostal church, like charismatic church, like sometimes the, the way they worship is just like crazy. They can jump, jump and cry after they laugh and cry. Sometimes they say that, oh, they're Pentecostal or the charismatic Christian, but sometimes the way they worship like crazy people. This, the way of Samaritan worship in Mount Jerusalem is just like Pentecostal church or charismatic church. And the way of Jewish worship in the Jerusalem, just like 
but traditional church sit down and even uh, there's mosquito you just let the mosquito bite you <laughs> don't don't allow any noise so like so quiet so quiet so they are like theologically like they are so different when jesus breaks the theological or religion barrier because love to this Samaritan woman. Another thing also is around 400 before Christ, the Samaritan built the temple in Mount Gerizim. And in 128 before Christ, the Jews go and destroy the temple. So you can you sense how the Samaritan and the Jews they hate, really hate each other. When Jesus went to the well, enter the Samaria just to meet this Samaritan woman. The, the fifth barrier to Jesus break is, is like social barrier. Jesus is a rabbi. Jesus is a teacher and this woman is a prostitute woman. What do you think when Jesus sit next to the well and this woman came? And maybe this woman said, oh, maybe this is another man. What will people think when people maybe go to the well and see Jesus and this, this woman is very famous. Very famous among the men. And also very famous among the women. I think when the, this woman go out, the woman says, oh, be careful, be careful. This maybe the next subject is my husband. So when Jesus lets me down, it's like the social barrier. This is Jesus a rabbi and this woman is a prostitute woman. It's actually it's very dangerous for Jesus to stay in the well and only see and this Samaritan woman in the well. And Jesus, like, this is a drink, ask the drinker, this woman. So, like, Jesus, actually, like, uh, this passage, like, teach me two important things about even our life is like Samaritan woman. Like we have no hope, very lonely, no friend. But Jesus can restore us. Jesus can change our future. And at the same time, also, we can learn about what Jesus did in this passage. He, like, willing to break or cross the barriers just to go and win one soul. Jesus is driven. He's motivated by love. And he's willing to pay the cross, uh, to pay the price, just to go and leave out a Samaritan woman. So the first thing is Jesus, like, willing to break uh, or cross the barrier just to reach out one person, this Samaritan woman. And the second thing that Jesus do is, Jesus, like, express his love by restore the life of this Samaritan woman. There are three things that Jesus do in the way he restored this, the, the life of this woman. The first one is, you read uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus said, go, call your husband and come back. Why did Jesus ask her? Go, call your husband and come back. And Jesus actually, in, when Jesus say it, Jesus actually like, lead this woman to comfort her sin. And the woman said, no, I don't have husband. And Jesus said, yes. You have have five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. So when Jesus said, "Go and call your husband and come back," actually Jesus like this like command, "Go back, call your husband and come back." Because actually Jesus like lead this woman to comfort her sin. 
Because the main problem in life is sin. If you are free from sin, if God let free you from sin, and you are, okay. The most dangerous disease in this world is sin. So when Jesus said, go call your husband and come back, Jesus let lead or guide this woman to confess her sin. And this woman said, yeah, I have no husband. And Jesus said, yeah, you, you are true. You are right, because the husband, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. So the first thing that Jesus did in the way he restored the life of this woman is Jesus like guide this woman or lead this woman to confess her sin. You know, in Batam, we have done so many <laughs> community work. Yeah, I think some of you know already we do feeding programs. I know we feed about 350 kids who live in slum. We renovate about 60 slum houses. So many things we do. But I keep telling my students and my staff, feed the poor, renovate their slum houses, provide good education for them. All of those things is just the bridge to preach the gospel. If I, we, if we don't come to the, the space that we share the gospel and uh, lead the people to comfort the sin, we are failing. For me, all of the community services, all the things that we do to, to help the poor, all of those things just the bridge and at the end we must share the gospel. Because maybe we feed them today, they, are, they have problems with malnourished, they have no education, they have problems with health, and then we feed them. But one day they also will die. So the food that we offer to them, the education that we offer to them, the house will we, we, we build for them, just for temporary. One day they, everybody will die. But if they come to this place, when they come to the state, they say, okay, I accept Jesus as personal savior. That's the most important. Because they can die. The house maybe one day, uh, tsunami come or any uh, hurricane come and destroy their house. But if they accept Jesus as personal savior, they will have eternal life. So Jesus here, when he like, the first thing that Jesus do to restore her life is, you must confess your sin. And the second one is Jesus offer hope to meet the primary need of this Samaritan woman. Can you guess what is the reason behind her behavior? Why he has so many husbands? Why? Is it because addiction? Or maybe she's just like the hobby. Yeah, hobby to have so many men. And feel like, oh, I'm cool because I have so many men. What is the reason behind, behind all the behavior? I have so many men. Maybe like, like to find so many men, just a, an effort to find satisfaction. I was last one when I was in the Bible school, one of my classmates, uh, no, not, not my classmate, roommate, he told me that after graduate from senior high school, just right after, right uh, after she graduated from the senior high school, she has 50 boyfriends. <laughs> and they said, oh my God, you're so young. I have 50 boyfriends. And when he studied, at that time, he can, ha she can have boyfriend, three boyfriends at the same time. 
So sometimes the boyfriend fighting. He, he tried to hide. And I, <laughs> because maybe Tuesday meet this boy and Thursday meet another boy. And one day when the, she was like with another boy and then the another boyfriend come and then the fight with other. So I asked her, why you have so many boyfriends? Even one boyfriend is enough. Or one girlfriend is enough. Why you have so many boyfriends? And finally she told me that her mom passed away when she's still very small. And her father remarried again. And she has stepmother, very cruel stepmother. And she said that I, she is cursing of love. So if I like, go to this man, and this man so gentle, but if she find another man like more loving, more gentle, or more handsome, he just go to another man. So the, why he has so, she has so many boyfriends? Because she is cursing of love. And we don't know what the reason behind this habit of this woman have five husbands. But when Jesus like say, okay, I'm come back again. And the second one that Jesus do is you uh, read first 13 to 14. Jesus said that whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water. So Jesus like, I think Jesus now the what, what the reason behind maybe people just say oh you are prostitute woman you are bad woman but Jesus understand that like this woman is searching of love do you think that this woman have the friend do you think this woman have a girlfriend I think no woman wanted to be make her friend because maybe one day she will steal the boyfriend or the husband so he has no friend no no, and I think whenever, wherever she go, and the moment the men look at her, maybe you know what the men do. Maybe the men will like give some sign. Okay, can we meet in the evening? So she like everybody. I think everybody will look down to her, to her, and no friend, very lonely. But when Jesus say, like Jesus say, I offer you the water. If anyone who, whoever drinks the water I give him, will never thirst indeed. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water. So Jesus like offer the water to him, living water to him, to her, to meet her primary need. Because this woman, I think, is searching for love. And only Jesus can satisfy her. And you, if you read the first 23 to 24, say that true worshipful, you worship the Father in the Spirit and truth. So Jesus, like, restore her. The first thing that Jesus do in the way he restore her is the first one, like, lead this woman to admit the sin, comfort the sin. And the second one, Jesus offered the hope to meet the primary need of this woman. And the third one, when Jesus said that true worshipful, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. This woman said that, oh, my, our ancestors worship in the Mount Jerusalem, and you worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus tell her that, worship God, this is, this is not, nothing to do with the place. You can worship God in Mount Jerusalem, and you worship God in Jerusalem. You can worship God in the charismatic way, and then you worship God in very quiet way. But Jesus said, this is not the way you worship, the place you worship. The true worshiper is worship God in spirit and truth. 
So this is also this a new way to have close relationship with God. Because God is the source of living waters. If this woman had a close relationship with God, if Jesus had the, the, the really intimate relationship with God, this relationship will answer all of her needs. And I, I, can, I, I will tell you today that maybe you, can, you, you have good parents. But I'm going to tell you, your parents will never understand you fully. Am I right? Maybe you can have very prettiest girlfriend in your school. And some men say that, oh, I'm, I'm I will become so happy if I have pretty, smart, cool girlfriend. And maybe the girl also say that, oh, I will become so happy. My dream become true if I have handsome, tall guy, smart, whatever, and have five C. You can like, like say or mention so many things to make you happy, but I can tell you today that nothing in this world can satisfy your needs. Nobody in this world can understand you. Some I is I have uh, I have been in ministry quite long. Also do that uh, youth youth pastor uh, last time many years ago, and I told the girls that don't think that because some person I want to get married because. If I marry the, the man, when I said I can put my head on his shoulder and he will understand me, I said that's not true. Ask the married woman <laughs> that the husband understand it all. <laughs> so sometimes, like like for the woman, I, think, I don't know anything about, but some Indonesian they think that the the answer for all the plan of the girl is marry. Get married because I have the husband who always be there for me. And the married woman understand sometimes the, when the man and woman communicate, they don't understand each other. There's the book say the man from where and the woman from pain or something like that. Satisfaction or we like fully complete not we not find in this world. Personal relationship with God is the answer for ev everything. You can have good parents, very wealthy parents. You have you can have good or very handsome, very cool boyfriend and girlfriend, but that's not the answer. If you have God in your life, if you have personal and close relationship with God, it's answer everything. Your parents will not always stay forever. When you get married, you need to face your life alone. You cannot, anytime you have to Mama, my husband do this, 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 can you come and help me? So Jesus like this a new way to have close relationship with God because Jesus or God is the source of the living water. If this woman have personal relationship with God, this woman will not find another man because Jesus love satisfy her. Jesus love restore her. Therefore, Jesus Christ said, okay, you all, like, accept this living water I offer to you, and you will never thirst. In the, this, this water become, will become what? The springs of water in you. So you don't need to find another man to satisfy you. You have Jesus. Jesus is enough for you. And the third thing that Jesus do is Jesus changed the future of this generation. Let's for, uh, read first. 28. 
after the conversation with Jesus and Samaritan, the Samaritan said, come, see a man who told me all things I have done. So this woman, Samaritan woman, ran back to the city and told everybody, come see. Come see, this man told me everything I have done. And 13, if you uh, read chapter 4, 13, 39, verse 29, and from the city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all things that I have done. Consider this thing. So Jesus is saying the teacher of the Samaritan woman. The first thing is, the Samaritan woman was a prostitute woman first. And what do you think? If you like see her, relate her with there are so many men in her life, the, is, she, uh, she, is she the, the victim or the seducer? You can answer. And she was addicted. I think like if them woman, I don't know, I, I hope that nobody here like in the same time have five girlfriends or four boyfriends. If you are like that, I think you have some problem in your life. You have problem. So maybe like she is addictive. I have like easier to have so many men. Or and this woman has no friends, lonely, no future. She is rejected. She is wounded. Everybody looks down to her. But after the personal encounter with Jesus, Jesus changed her. Jesus loved her. You know that Jesus crossed the so many barriers just to meet her. And when Jesus saw the Samaritan woman, she, Jesus not run away. Jesus stayed there in the well and talked to her because Jesus wanted to help her to come off the sin. And she is forgiven by Jesus. She is restored by Jesus. And Jesus teach her new way to be relationship with God. Worship God in spirit and truth. And if you, I, I think one day, the church history in heaven, you have the record that the, the church planter in Samaria is Samaritan woman. Because of this Samaritan woman, all the Samaria people, Samaritan came to the well and Jesus teach them. And after that, what did he invite Jesus to enter Samaria, the city? So because of this Samaritan woman, Jesus, the door is open for Jesus to enter the city. And because of this prostitute woman who accepts Jesus as personal savior, all the people in Samaria have opportunity to listen or to hear God's word. So based on this, I, I can say more, but you know I'm struggling to speak in English. In, I speak in Bahasa, it's very, it's different. Speak in English is like a uh, like challenge for me. But I can see today that maybe your life like Samaritan woman. You have no hope. Your life is so messy. But I want to tell you today that God can restore your life. This Samaritan woman, like, I think this really bad woman. Nobody will associate with her. Everybody will avoid her. Everybody will hate her. But when she has personal encounter with God, Jesus restore her, Jesus forgive her sin, and God changed her. You know, can you meet a prostitute woman, have so many men, and become what? Evangelist. Prostitute woman who always like, like, like threaten the woman because maybe the woman say, oh, my, the next man that this, my, this woman will seduce is my husband. 
become what? The church planter in Samaria. You know, do you see, do you see how God changed the life of this Samaritan woman? And today I'm going to tell you that maybe you'll see your life like Macy. You you maybe your grade in the school you don't only skip A. Maybe C or D. The moment you got your grade, wow, all D. And praise God, all D. Or maybe F. But God like, can use anybody. Maybe you are nobody. Your life is so messy. You have done something wrong in the past. But I want to tell you that God can change you today. And God can change your future. Like, and then you never imagine. Maybe people say, oh, God changed her. Somebody, if you become in God's hand, anything in God's hand, God can use God can change and like surprise everybody. In I have four brothers and three sisters. Okay. Big family. Indonesia last time no family planning. Because they believe that more children, more blessing. Until you know, something happened. Still no in Batna. The Indonesia they say the more children, more blessing. So at the time no family planning. So I have four brothers and three sisters. Big, really big, big family. And at that time, in my family, I am the most stubborn. So my, my father was an army. He is an army, you know, the army is very strict. Sometimes he forgot whether he is, he is in the office or he is in the home. He forgot. So I born with, I'm not really sweet girl. <laughs> because sweet girl, I felt the father said, don't do that. Yes, dad, I will never do that. <laughs> I always question me, why? Even I make mistake. My father will punish me, uh, discipline me. I keep saying, okay, before you use the rotan to discipline me, can you explain why? And sometimes the parents so angry, they don't have time to uh, explain. So in my family, I struggle a lot with my father. And my father, like, actually, you know, uh, Pastor Naomi, he's very sweet. So when he, like, um, uh, she do something wrong, and my father say, Naomi! And she goes, Dad, sorry, and she cried. And my father said, okay, okay, I forgive you, I forgive you. <laughs> so my father said, even my father beat me with the rotan. I said, why you beat me? Explain to me. And one day, when I say, uh, Mom, I don't want to go to university. I want to go to Bible school. I said, oh, wow, you go to Bible school? And then my, some of my brothers say, only one month, and then she will find anybody in the Bible school and return home. And when I was in Bible school, even I said, I said, I will prove my parents that I will not leave the Bible school. But one day when I, I my father didn't tell me, but Pastor Naomi told me that after a few years in the Bible school and few years in ministry, when I returned home, my father said that Sarah still iron, like iron. So tough. But the iron that you can bend. So God, like, my, when my, I told my uh, my parents and my siblings, I will go to Bible school. Everybody don't believe. You actually, your dream, maybe you have something wrong. Like maybe crazy. I will go to Bible school because I'm not the sweet girl in my home. I'm always, even my four brothers really submit to my father. I never submit to my father. Always fighting with my father. So sometimes, you know, one day we, we, I argue with my father, auntie, the one who cry is not me. My father is the one who cry. <laughs> 
everybody say, give up. And if you cry, he cry, and I say, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes last time when I was uh, like teenager, I said, girl, why are you not treat me like sweet girl? Always like, yes, yes, yes. Why always question me? And I realize right now, if I'm very sweet girl, it's very soft, soft one, uh, we run away from ministry many years ago because I'm stubborn. Stubborn in the good sense, lah. Because, <laughs> because I was stubborn. So right now, when I was in Batam and faced so many challenges in Batam, I always say that nobody can stop me to serve God. People like sometimes like accuse me. People like create so many story like not good story like of people like try to stop me to serve God, and I say no. One day when I was in Ambon, one lady. She doesn't like me, and she say, "I will not, ent- I will not allow you to enter this city anymore." I say, "Even you don't allow me to enter, I still enter the city. I come here not because of you. I come here because of God." So I mean, I think that like like seven, still still like not very easy to give up. But I'm not seven in the uh, negative way. But you see, like God really changed me, and. Uh, really, I, I think a bit funny because even I am very stubborn, but actually I'm very strong. Maybe you don't believe it. So last time when in the church, like they asked me to become the uh, breakup singer, I will take the song and, <laughs> and cover my face because very shy. Very stubborn, but very shy. And I still remember the first time I uh, took the homiletry class and my turn to preach, I passed for one week. The moment my turn to preach, my, uh, like, standing, but I stop, 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 and I stop. And I asked the student to keep singing for a few times, repeat, repeat the song until I can handle my legs. So if I can stand here in front of you to preach, it's really amazing. This is not me. I just changed me really 180 degrees. Like, it's really just changed me a lot. I'm very shy, and God changed me. And so, like, if maybe your life, your life not like Samaritan woman, you are bad lah. But maybe your life, like, you think that I have no use, I have no hope, I have no future. My life is so messy. I want to tell you today that God can change you. If you are in God's hand, God can change you to become somebody that's really different. This woman, prostitute woman, become evangelist. Prostitutes women become the church planter in Samaria. God, if God can change the future, the life of the Samaritan woman, God also can change you. If God can use the life of this Samaritan woman, God also can use you. Many years ago, sometime in my uh, last month, uh, when Pastor Nomi preaches, my body came. So Pastor Nomi and I become like really good testimony in family. So Pastor Naomi is she's the youngest. She's very spoiled. She don't know how to cook. She don't know how to do things. And sometimes right now still happen like that. Like it's really depend because she's the youngest. We do everything for her. So when she say, Mom, I wanna to go to Bible school, my mom cries. Oh, we will help it with you. If Sarah go to Bible school, we are okay because she is so strong. But you go to Bible school, you don't know how to wash your clothes, you don't know how to take care of yourself. And when now, Pastor Nome and I am in ministry, my body, my all of my siblings say, this is really God. This is really God. God can change the most stubborn girl 
in the family. And God gave you kids the Moses for your <laughs> girl in the family and you can some like like really in the ministry right now. God can change you. And we can learn from Jesus that Jesus willing to pay any price, willing to break so many barriers just to go and win the Samaritan woman. The people will see the Samaritan woman in the physical eyes, see her as like bad woman, see her like prostitute woman, see like underestimate her, insult her. But Jesus see this woman in different way. God see the potential in her if he can be used by God to establish his kingdom in Samaria. And I want to close with you with the story about uh, actually I, I sometimes I one day my one of the students say, Do you really do you feel like you success right now? I say, I never feel that I'm success. I never think I'm success. For me like, I feel like we are just start to do something. So never come to the place, oh, I'm the good pastor right now, I have accomplished this thing. No, I say that for me, life is a journey. For me, life is a journey. So I will never like stop in one place and say, okay, enough. For me, life is still like press on and move on to the new, new thing. So like I moved to Bantan in 2005. And at that time, I have only four students, four students. And you, last time before I studied in Singapore, I, uh, I was a teacher in Deep Bible School. Something in the one class had 70 students. So no move about them, four students. And sometimes all of, four of them don't come to, didn't come. So no class. <laughs> so like, uh, really like a big adjustment for me to be in Batam. And then I think I shared like last few weeks ago, uh, like at that time we don't have uh, instrument, we don't have speaker, we don't have keyboard. And one day, my friend text me, Sarah, do you need keyboard? I said, yes, we need keyboard. Thank you, this is the answer of our prayer. And he, he said that, oh, his friend don't need keyboard for us. I'm so excited. So I, I, so I told her that one uh, American uh, pastor will go to Batam to teach. Can you pass the keyboard to him? So no need for me to go to Singapore. So when this American pastor arrived in Batam, I asked her, where is my keyboard? Because we really so excited with the new keyboard. And my, this pastor said, I throw away. I said, why throw away? He said, the keyboard for my friend. And you know, she said, he said that the keyboard is so tiny. The keyboard actually for the like eight years boy. <laughs> for the kids then, the toys actually toys, and they all the toys like, well, and she said, like, even I didn't bring home, I throw away. And because of this tiny, old, and broke, uh, like, uh, keyboard, this American pastor said, okay, let's go to the uh, store tomorrow. I will buy something for you. So uh, the next day, I think he spent about $1,000. He bought keyboard, and, this, uh, and then uh, speaker, uh, speaker and also mic for us. And after we have the keyboard, we have the mic, we have uh, everything, I say, oh, what are we going to do? And I told myself, let's start a church. And then we have our first church is only seven people, four students and three staff. <laughs> Nobody, no, no, no newcomer, all of us. And I preach like just like I preach to 100 people. 
And slowly that, like, you, so we start the church, I think about around September 2005. Start from nothing. The moment when I moved to Batam, I just believed God. God sent me there, and so many people in Batam, like Samaritan women, need God to restore them. So I told God, here I am. I'm willing to suffer. I'm willing to do anything. I will... I'm willing to pay any price just to touch life. And we just started the church. Yeah. And when there was the time we went to slum area and teach the lady to cook, how to cook. And I'm not good cook. Pastor Nang is really good cook. I only know how to fry noodles, fry, uh, fry bihun, and that's all. So we had two weeks um, after fry noodles, fry <laughs> bihun, fry rice, that's all. And then we stop. But so we, we teach the lady how to cook and let them uh, allow them to bring home. Another week, what we do? We go and uh, do the facial. We clean the face of the woman, put the mask and all stuff. And the older woman say, "Oh, I'm so pretty now." <laughs> but because of this two program and all villages in those slums, like welcome us. And we start our first cell group meeting at that slum. And now in Batam. We have 17 cell groups. We have uh, five, no, six on Wednesday. We have one on Thursday. We have three on Friday. And then we have four on Saturday. And not only that, from only first church in Batam attended by seven people. Right now we have, an, uh, we have seven or eight churches right now. Six churches is outside another island, not in Batam. And the church that we start only seven people. Right now we have about 300, including the kids. Two or five. And at that time, I think I said many years ago, I think two years ago, I said about few of the, our Sunday school, they are illiterate. So when the teacher asked them to memorize the first, they said, we cannot read and write. And some of them 10 years old, some of them 9 years old. So at that time, I have no money. We also so poor, right? I know still poor, but right now it's getting better. Lah. But at that time, we have no money. Even pay the rental, pay the utility, we have no money sometimes. And I told the student, we don't have money to send these illiterate kids to the school. Maybe, so we, I send the student, sometimes I also go to slums area three times a week and teach them A, B, C. Teach them simple reading and writing, simple math. Because I, I, I told the student that go and teach them because nine years old, ten years old, still illiterate. So I told them that go teach them. Maybe one day God will send sponsor. So when we send these ten years old kids to start primary one, at least they can read and write. So finally, 206, I sent six kids, some of them ten years old, to start primary one. And the chairman of the school Ask me, hey, Pastor Sarah, why you send all the old kids to start primary one? I said, they have no chance because no money. So no choice for them to must start from primary one when they are 10 years old, 11 years old. This year, we close to support about 300 kids in Batam and another island in Indonesia. We also doing feeding program. I know on Saturday, some of you will join feeding program start because of one kid, one girl. Her name is Keisha, passed away because of malnourished. 
And then my heart, like I really break my heart. So when I came to Singapore, I think Jan 2008, I said to pastor about he shall pass away because not enough nutrition. And I asked pastor what? Is there anything we can do? This she shall pass away. We cannot help her anymore. But she shall still have so many friends in the slums area. Is there anything that we can do to help her? And pastor say, let's start feeding program. And so right now, we do feeding program. To f- we feed about 350 kids four times a week in Singapore. We also do like renovation of some houses. And last July 23rd, last Monday, we just start our first kindergarten in Batam. We have one in Karimun Island, and we just start in Batam. We have 32 kids. And last night, I attend cell group in one slums area. And five ladies gave testimony. They say that three weeks ago, my kids said, tell me, mom, send me to the kindergarten, send me to the kindergarten. But the mother said, we have no money to pay the school fees, to pay the uniform, to pay out, send me. And this, we, uh, this lady said that we just pray and pray. And thank God, because we opened the kindergarten, my kids can go to school now. So really, like, it break my heart that what we have done, impact the life of the other children. One day I read one statement say that who you are not depend how much money you have. Who you are is depend on how much you give your life to others. So today maybe your life is like Samaritan woman. Or maybe you're not a Samaritan woman. But maybe outside your friend, your neighbor, there are people like Samaritan woman. Lonely, no hope, your life is so messy. No friend, are you willing to cross the barrier just to go and share the gospel to them? Are you willing to do it? Because maybe those people that you reach out, maybe one of them become like a Samaritan woman. One, they become an evangelist. One, where they become the church planters and like, impact so many lives. So today, I hope that this message like speak to you. If your life like Samaritan woman, you have no hope. You have answer in God. God can satisfy you. God can meet all of your needs. God can restore you. And I also want to talk to you. There are so many. Is there any Samaritan woman around you? Is there any friend like around you like you can categorize like Samaritan woman? The lifestyle is so bad. And maybe the parents, the friends say no hope to her, like give up. Are you willing to cross the barrier and willing to be misunderstood by people? And just to have the chin and say that I see this can happen. Accept Jesus as a personal savior. Because when you have the relationship with Jesus, it will satisfy you and you're not going to find anything in the world to satisfy you. You're not going to search love and accept the love that offered by the world because only Jesus' love can restore you and restore the church family. That's all I can say today. So, you know, this stubborn girl that changed me and not easy to give up. So, when people like try to press me, I will say, okay, what are you going to do? 
you not give me give up. The more you make me suffer, the more I will do. So people sometimes like, like, I thank God because of the faith. Like, nobody could threaten me. You can do anything. I don't care. Because I, God called me, God called me, and nobody can stop me to serve him. And if God give up to me and say, I no hope you this stubborn girl. I'm not. I will not be in Batam. Maybe I will be in somewhere. I thank God because when I was a child, when I was a teenager, I had so many Christian friends around me who keep like say, okay, come to church, come to church. Keep reminding me about God's word. And now I'm here, I am. I have like a campus that really, really big thing. I'm not big thing. I'm not like really very famous in Batam. I think some people don't know me in Batam. And I, this is not my intention to become famous. But I'm satisfied right now. I feel something, I feel like so satisfied. I feel that I'm very rich people. I'm the rich, I'm the richest uh, woman in Batam because why? You bless so many lives. When people think about, about education sponsorship, they will remember Pastor Sarah and Tim. And we're not proud because we have become famous, but people know us as the church who reach out to the poor and help the poor. And like really bless me, and like the ladies last night come and say thank you because you opened kindergarten, and this kindergarten uh, is not really too expensive, and we believe uh, you will be uh, going to do some good things. So right now you answer, you solve our problem. And this is my prayer that God will extend the ministry in Batam. And actually, he can't wait to have the land. Because as you have the land, you can build children's center, you can build youth center. We will open, we will do anything just to help the people. That's our prayer. So sometimes we like, it should, cannot be patient, like too long to have the land. I believe that one day God will give us the land so we have a bigger place and be bigger place to open our place to the people to bless so many lives in that time. So that's all I can say. Can I have the worship team? Okay, uh, we're just going to rise and, and we're going to um, take the communion. And you know, as we we stand, I just want to, I just want you to spend a few moments thinking about um, what Pastor Sarah shared. You know, this year I think that we've been learning a lot about God's love and, and you know, when we learn about God's love, when we receive God's love, it's, it's the natural thing to show God's love to, to people around us. And, and I really want you to think about what, what Pastor Sarah shared about the Samaritan woman, you know, and how Jesus blessed her, how Jesus crossed barriers to bless her. You know, some of us next week, we are going to go to Batam. We're going to cross the sea to, <laughs> to, to, to Batam. Um, but, you know, even if you don't physically go to Batam, you can cross barriers to reach out to your friends as well. You know, you can, you can do so much for the people around you. And, and, and you know, as we as we take the communion, 
let's let's just think about that as well. You know, if we put Jesus at the center of our lives, that it's a natural it's a natural response. You know, when we receive His love, that we share His love as well. Let's just quieten our hearts. We're going to just worship for a while and then we're going to take the communion.
seed and we're going to collect the offering. You know, you know, as we collect the offering, it's not just about like putting money in the bag. You know, it's like when we offer our tithes to God, we, we also want to offer our lives to Him. You know, we want to, as we sing praise and worship, you know, we, we worship Him also with our offering. And we offer Him not just our money, but, you know, our lives. And, and that's what some of you will be doing next week when you go to Batam. You'll be serving Him. You'll be, you'll be offering your lives to Him. And, and you know, today we're going to have um, uh, a special collection as well. Okay, for the work that um, Pastor Sarah and the team does in Batam. You know, I, 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 I hope that you are encouraged by what she shares. You know, I hope that you are encouraged when you hear about the work that God is doing. In, in even though the place is not like you know they're not affluent or, or rich like like you know some people in, in, in Singapore but but you know they are so blessed and they are so rich as well and and we just want to contribute a, a small whatever we can to to God's work that is there so we're going to pass um, the offering bag the red bag is the normal collection and the blue bag is is uh, a special collection we want to take for for Batam. we just want to praise you and thank you Lord as we hear about what you do in Batam as we hear about what you do Lord and, and, and Father we just want to really make it our, our goal to, to glorify you to put you at the centre Lord of whatever we do and so God even as we go into a new week um, even as some of us go to Batam next week God I pray that whatever we do we will put you at the centre and God whatever we do we will just seek to glorify you we will seek to please you we will seek to lift your name high in, 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 in whatever we do and God in, in whatever we face this week I pray that if, if people are tired or discouraged or if people feel hopeless I pray that Father your love will, will be the light in the darkness Lord that Father your love will be our strength our joy and our hope and, and that Father you will you will just um, that, that Father you will be strong in our weakness Lord so Father we just offer our lives to you we pray that Father you will be at the centre of all we do Lord in, 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 in the week ahead in Jesus name I pray Amen the service is over.